Good. So, um, so we're back. Um, so that was a nice conversation with Mary Mwangi from Data Integrated. So I'm here with Jason. Um, so Jason, uh, what's your key takeaways uh, from that interesting conversation from your home country? Yes, uh, I must say it was a really good conversation. And as you say, um, coming from a, a Kenyan founder, it brought back some memories of, of uh, jumping onto a matatu and, and uh, the, that informal sector of transport that is prevalent, not just in Kenya, but across Africa. And, you know, she raises a, some really good points there. But for me, that understanding of the African market, having such a large, you know, informal sector, which can raise some really key issues. I mean, you look at it now, even in, uh, it's very prudent now in, in the lockdown, a, a lot of countries across Africa going into another lockdown. Um, with the informal sector, uh, ensuring people have the right support and income and things, it becomes even more difficult and and harder to track and harder to keep the population you know, safe without the, because if they don't have work that day, they don't eat. You know, so that's the reality we have to face in Africa. Yeah. So the informal sector is so large. And she uses this word about wanting to structure that informal sector. Uh, where we bring in certain structure, no matter which form it takes. And I don't believe Kenya is going to be, or Africa or Sub-Saharan Africa is going to be like London or Tokyo, you know, or any of these big cities in terms of how the infrastructure is going to turn out. But I do believe we will have a system that works. You look, uh, we got Uber in the US, it comes to Africa, it works. In its own way, it has ways it works. So what we believe is there's going to be a bit of customization of systems that we will adapt from everywhere, especially Kenya. We find that Kenya is very adaptive. We like to borrow things from so many different cultures. We bring in here and you adapt it and you make it work for the situation. And I believe public transport in Africa is gonna end up being like that. And I think that is one of the great challenges Africa will face in, in the coming years, you know, in, in, in the years to come, is we're getting more and more advanced. She speaks about urbanization and, and how um, the, the populations are changing, uh, density, area and all that. And these kind of challenges are things that are going to be so key with our advancement as a continent. Mm -hmm. So she raises a really difficult uh, subject there and how she's chosen to tackle it. You know, like she says, it's, it's a bit about going after this huge mountain. It is such a big challenge um, and, and being able to address it is quite difficult. But I think, I think what, what you're saying about uh, the, 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 difference and I think that was a, a nice piece of conversation actually and, and I, I really wanted to touch on that you know that the differences between Africa and the rest of the world and, and I would say I wouldn't say the whole rest of the world I say most of emerging markets and Southeast Asia uh, probably some part of well uh, South America as well is it, you know looks slightly uh, the same but it's it's yeah. interesting to see that um, and I love as well her, her feedback on well uber was coming from the us uber is in kenya and it works so we can take things that work and and that adapt uh that adapts to the reality but at the same time the the reality is different and and you yeah. cannot take something that works in atlanta and make it work in in nairobi does it doesn't it doesn't work and that means that somebody exactly. coming from outside and i tell you that that's in in my opinion 
that's why so many Western and let's call it let's call them Western companies, okay, from Europe or um, or the U.S. come to Africa and fail because they can't adapt to that completely different paradigm exactly. shift. Yeah, and I like the word she used there. I think she mentioned hybrid and like a blended yeah. approach, which is so true because it's not necessarily that that technology or that service is not wanted by the customers there or couldn't work. It's just, there needs to be that understanding to, like you say, adapt it to, to use a hybrid model, to, to blend the both styles uh, in order to create something that has that product market fit. And I, and I think that is, is, is a difficult thing, but it is a lot easier than trying to copy paste and have the same service that you would get, um, as you said, in, in Europe or America and just uh, apply it to the African market because there's so many different paradigms and so many different things that you need to think about. Uh, one, of, one of the points she raises as well is like that, that fear of transparency. And this is a common yeah. theme across Africa. True. It's when we try to introduce a cashless system Okay. And trying to convince um, the drivers and the conductors and the stage managers the benefit of having a cashless solution within the public transport, you know, how to formalize it. Um, that is where the, our biggest challenge is because most of the drivers and conductors and how it operates in Kenya is that they everything is cash-based. And so yep. they collect their cash and they say how much the owner of the vehicle is going to get at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, they get quarters and they're told at the end of the day, we need to collect, we need you to bring us like uh, 5,000 shillings or 10,000 shillings. Yeah. And so if they can make more than that, then the rest of it, they pocket. So they see that digitizing this process is going to take some money away from their pocket. Mm. And then some of the other challenges we have is that most of them want their money daily. And so when you have a digital system, sometimes they won't get their money daily. So it's a matter of building trust. And you find that the trust needs to be built, not just between you and the drivers, but also the drivers and the owners. Right. So the owners, the, the drivers feel that if the owners get all the money, they're not going to give them what they are due or on time, what they are supposed to be paid. And they feel that since they've already collected the money, they take their part and then they give the rest to the owners. And then there's also the part of now the circle will know how much money the owner is making. The government will know how much money is ma being made. So they'll come in and tax. You know, there's a few uh, challenges there that everybody's scared that data is going to come out and you know, they're going to be exposed of how much money is there and, you know, where it's going. And some of them feel like with the kills, maybe they take advantage a bit. You know, this fear of transparency about declaring your income and, and the, <laughs> the ability for uh, all of your money to be tracked, is a, it's, it's a really real uh, concern for a lot of, yeah. of businesses and people in, in, in Africa. True. Uh, and it, it just goes to show you how much work is needed to change that mindset. And one thing we've been lucky with, uh, as she points out, with uh, the advancements in the banking sector, M-Pesa and her data mining, um, is that when the customer is the one pushing for that change, when you have uh, the service be yeah. so easy for the customer to use, it forces the suppliers or, or the, you know, the, the business owners to adapt and adopt the new method because 
If they didn't, they risk losing out income. Yeah. And that's really how you change anything is if it affects the, the pocket of the individual, they will make a change. Um, and that's how, you know, sometimes they, they don't, you don't get that. No, I, I think, and I think, yeah, you're spot on. Uh, I, I loved actually uh, the way that Mary, uh, uh, you know, when I asked that question around, you know, how do you move them to cashless? Well, actually, I would say I, I could summarize the fact that, well, they helped move, but actually they just okay. just grabbed the the movement. You know, the guys, well, they, they can't go against. Well, they can they can try to resist. But they need, you know, while while they resist, they need to adapt and change, you know, rapidly. And so I think it's a, and I think it's it's you know what we've discussed many many, many times. It's the right market fit. So and so market fit comes at at the time. So, and I think that yeah. what one thing as well that I wanted to to go back to was the, uh, and that's that's it, it was interesting that she mentioned you know 2012, so which is nine years ago, so which is really around the corner. So it's not that that far away. Um, yep. But but at the same time it went so fast. Uh, but nine years for a company, uh, you know that we know that most of the companies actually fail in their first years. Um, so nine years is pretty good. Um, but the fact that yeah, and and they they took that time, they changed course multiple times. Mm -hmm. So they pivot, you know, yeah. to use the words. <laughs> um, they entered yeah. uh, they entered an industry they were not thinking about at one point. I think that to me that's uh, that's always that's always fascinating to to listen to startupers. You start with an idea, and then if you're not flexible enough, then you're dead. But if you're flexible, you can uh, yeah you can you can move your your way around. That's... Yeah, and I think with with Mary's story um, in particular, she raises a good point in terms of like the the longevity and success of of her business she at all of those points ensures that she kept key stakeholders involved uh you know when she's speaking about uh the different the bus stations and the drivers and and the banks and the telecoms you know she's engaging and, and partnering and and keeping all yeah. of the stakeholders involved getting their opinion their point of views and this is what enabling her to like you say to to pivot and to direct her focus and effort onto what is really important for all of the stakeholders. Um, and I, that's something I think a lot of times we miss out as entrepreneurs because we're so driven by one idea or, or one perspective that sometimes we fail to acknowledge and bring in some of the stakeholders who, who maybe have a completely different view of what the ideal solution looks like. Mm. And then, you know, again, taking that adaption and coming up with a hybrid model is is really a good way to ensure that you're always moving in the right direction and we tend to miss that out quite a lot yeah i i, I completely agree and i think that's that's what makes uh, a company longevity yeah definitely yeah and for example um when she speaks about the difficulty she's had uh, with technology integration with the legacy systems that mm -hmm. were in place with uh, previously with the banks and stuff yeah. and even that simple fact when she was like we didn't know they didn't know yeah. uh, but if she wasn't talking to all of them you'd never know so eventually they figured it out because she was in con conversation she was engaging them she had that stakeholder uh, and was able to share and learn but uh 
yeah, it goes to the point that if she didn't, they would have never found out. And and actually, that 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 uh, that rings a bell um, that that I completely uh, forgotten when when she was saying that the bank did not know, we did not know, but that was by talking to each other that we we discovered mm-hmm. and, and we started to know. And actually, that's that's the feedback we're giving to uh, that I'm giving to the startups I'm coaching is if you want to do something, mm-hmm. have you asked your customer? whether they want the product, it's doable the way you want to do it, blah, 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 and all that thing. So it's the, it's the, the, the viable into the MVP, okay? So is, is this really viable from not, not a technology perspective? Technology can do anything. It's just, can they do that? Will they do that? Do they yeah. want that, okay? And most, most startups develop their thing, yeah. you know, and then they go to the market and say, oh, but nobody wants that. Well, you should have asked before. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. It's just yeah. go and talk to people, go and show what you have, go and discuss, and you'll discover not only flows, but opportunities as well. I completely agree. And it sounds so simple. And you know, <laughs> I know we say it often, like, uh, just talk to your customers, ask them. And even, even in my experience, you know, um, it's something I know. But of course, you have that when you're trying to engage directly with the customer, there's always that want to make sure you're satisfying them as much as possible and wanting to make sure that you're, you're almost like um, shifting your product to, to suit that one customer, what they're talking about. And I found it that one of the hardest parts is actually one of the easiest things to say is talk to your customer, you know, but it does take effort. You have to schedule sure. time for it. You, you have to it, it's not always fun. Like you said, building the product behind and then releasing it, that's a lot more fun. You know, yes, developing it yourself, having your ideas, and it's a lot more fun. Going out and getting people to reply, you know, sending out surveys and only getting 10 responses and having to, you know, do another 10 interviews. And it's just tiring. It's not fun. It's not glamorous. But honestly, it, it is the dirty work that helps you yeah. succeed. Yeah, there is, there is no other way. And that's that's why yeah. actually uh, the uh, the first advice that she was giving was you know you know have you have the guts to do what mm-hmm. you have to do and I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a, I have a saying that I'm using sometimes it's it, it, things are simple but they're not easy um, you know we all know we need to mm-hmm. talk to customers but going to talk to customers is not easy yeah. okay yeah um, so um, so yeah it may be simple but not easy. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for uh, the new format. We're going to see how it works or flies. And, uh, and of course, guys, um, always the same thing. Five stars, please, please. We do need five stars. You know, the, the more five stars we get, the better we are. Um, as Jason was saying, uh, half the record, um, the company is one year old. Yeah, we're just one year. We're taking baby steps. We're barely walking. So with your five stars, we'll learn how to run. Okay, so we crawled, we walk, now we need to run. And for running, we need you.